Donnie, it's the shy life podcast. Four hundred and forty-one. Four hundred and forty-one. Four hundred and forty-one. Four hundred and forty-one. Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Okay, it looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope he hasn't found out my secret. I think he has. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. Um, we're back here today. We're going to um, have another little chat with you um, about some films. And I've got Nick Goodman back with me. How are you doing, Nick? Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, I, I thought we'd uh, uh, share with the listeners some more chitter-chat about some random years in film. But, uh, um, but I thought we'd better run the theme music and then when we come back, we'll get started. Time for my old buddy, old pal, from across the channel, across the pond. Paul Chandler, the shy daddy. He's not that shy. Yeah. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? <laughs> Boy, he's not all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. He's positively glowing. <laughs> and we're back. Um, so, Nick, yes. Uh, I, I think last time we did this, it worked out quite well. But uh, um, we're going to try for three... Uh, three more different years that uh, we've not talked about before um, and and look at some of the films that were big that year or ones that we particularly know um, yeah now I've got just so busy here right now <laughs> well you're most of the years um, most of the years I'm sure you'll you'll recognize a film or two even if we we don't know a lot or or sometimes when we, we're recording these episodes we we kind of get dist- I get distracted by films i didn't know existed but which sound interesting so um so anyway cromarty's here he's going to generate the three years uh cromarty have uh, you've got cuthbert uh, ready to to um uh, suggest some some years for us uh, yes paul i have uh, cuthbert is here hi cuthbert hello paul and nick hello cromarty it is me cuthbert the robot I am looking forward to helping you out with your movie conversation today. You are all such film buffs. Yeah, thank you, yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, right, well, I think we're ready, so if you want to uh, generate a year for us... Would you like me to select the year now, Paul? Oh yes, Cuthbert, please do your, do your best. Yes, please tell us, please tell us the year, yes. The first year that you will be discussing is 1979, exclamation. 
Okay, 1979. Uh, Ah. So, right. Well, 1979 in films. Um, Do do you have any um, sort of... For films that you particularly associate with 79, I've got got a list here, but I thought you might have some... I'll tell you about the films I actually saw in 79. Um, there was one called... The thing is, I think might, some of them might have been made in 78 and and uh, they hit hit Salisbury by 79. One was The Cat from Outer Space, um, which I think had Roddy McDowell in. Uh, it was a, like a Disney comedy. Um, and uh, that was... I remember seeing that with my mum. Uh, Moonraker, the, the, the bond of the year. I, I remember seeing that with my mum. Uh, finding it a little bit too unbondy, I think, as a as a as a film, and I, I a wee bit too uh, out out of out of the box, as it were. I think also that year, it, uh, this is nudging a uh, uh, this is sort of half a halfway house because yeah. it, I think it was made in seventy eight. I actually went to see it in the opening days of eighty. Uh, London Connection, which is a film I've not seen before, it's seen since. Which like a, a comedy thriller, as I, as I remember. I've never seen it on telly, uh, and I've never seen it on DVD. Um, but I do remember it being quite fun. Um, what else did I see that year? Um, there was a thing. I think we might have talked about it before. There was a a little film which I think came on before the the main films, and I can't remember whether it was. I, I think it was either 79 or 80 and that's uh, it had it was like a two musketeers thing with uh, Eric Morecambe and Tom Baker oh yeah um, and I, I I couldn't swear that that was 79 or not uh, beyond what I what I actually saw uh, there's several films that I I know of very well but never seen uh, there's um, Alien of course yes which was the big horror film of that year. Uh, I remember the first time I heard about that was a, the Sunday supplement that my mum bought <laughs> in the summer of 79. And it had an interview with uh, 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 Geiger, mm. or, or, you know, yeah. the, the guy yeah. who made the alien. And it showed his workshop and everything. And, uh, it, you know, he was, it, it, <laughs> it was interesting, very interesting kind of um feature on him and i remember it was just i think they they blew the gaff on the the famous chest bursting scene i thought oh this sounds horrible um and to this day i haven't actually seen alien i thought you were going to say it was uh, at home with the alien the alien hanging out on the uh, sofa uh, you know, sort of all this, all this film schedule but it's so stressful. Darling. You know, kind of, <laughs> darling, yes. Trouble is, with looks like mine, I can't get another bloody film, <laughs> can I? <laughs> but um, the, the other thing, I think one of my favourite films comes from '79, and that's Time After Time. Oh, yes. Uh, with Rod, uh, Roddy, no, not Roddy, um, the other McDowell, Malcolm McDowell, yes. and David Warner, the H.G. Wells meets Jack the Ripper. It, I think it's probably a. a my top four or five films but no it's 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 terrific um and uh, apocalypse now that's another one i've never seen but it, it was an iconic film i remember an ex-girlfriend of mine sort of watched it thinking oh, you know i've got to watch this because 
you know, it was one of those uh, during one of those times where it was became fashionable to say uh, hundred films you've got to watch before you die, yeah. which is which I always thought was a bit gruesome. Hundred films <laughs> you've got to watch in your lifetime might be a little bit yeah. kinder. Um, we'll, we'll go through a, a, a list um, of just films released in seventy nine, but I, I thought I'd tell you the the highest grossing films of. Not, not gross, not gross as in alien gross. <laughs> I think that the alien was probably the, high, the highest gross film. Yeah. Um, now I think these are the um, these are the top ten films released in America in '79. Um, the the biggest the biggest film was Kramer versus Kramer. Um, oh yes. Then the Amityville Horror, uh, Rocky Two, um, and, and Apocalypse Now was number four. Star Trek: The Motion Picture was number five. Oh yes, I've got about uh, that. Alien was number six. Ten was number seven. The ju- oh yes, with um, uh, oh, Derek, uh, c- Cuddly and, and Cuddly Dudley Moore. Uh, yes, um, the Jerk is number eight. Moonraker number nine, and the Muppet Movie number ten. Now the funny thing is that the highest grossing, that as I say, that's the American ones, but uh, the highest grossing films internationally. Um, the highest grossing film is actually an Indian film. Um, apologies for the pronunciation, but it it's, looks like it's called Shuhag, uh, S-U-H-A-A-G. So that's that's actually the highest grossing film in the whole of the planet that year. And the second highest grossing film is a J- Japanese film called Galaxy Express 999. Um, so... Uh, the, the, the thing is, I'm actually. Uh, I th- I think that Moonraker was one of the most highest grossing um, uh, th- bonds that, that there was, yeah. and uh, and um, I I'm I'm really taken aback taken aback that it it didn't uh, actually make it in the overall kind of big. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, sort world, of, uh, yeah. for the whole year, for the well, yeah. for the whole year, for the whole world. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't so. even in the top five. It just in America. Um, um, the the third biggest selling film was from Russia. The 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 only um, the fourth highest grossing film um, internationally was Superman, um, but uh, I'm not quite sure how it works because Superman isn't in that. In that other, it's Superman from '78. Yes, it is. Yeah, but I guess internationally, it might still have been showing in '79 across the world. It, it was, but uh, I mean, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe some of the films that came out in '79 in America didn't make it to other countries until later. So maybe Moonraker would be higher in 1980 internationally. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah. What time of year did Moonraker probably... come out? Do we know? Um, um, summer. Yeah, so you'd think it would have. Yeah, I think it would have been higher than some of those other ones. But uh, um, before we move on to a, a few more sort of films, not necessarily the the the, um, the big ones. Um, interesting to see that in 1979, some really famous actors who would later go on to big success in the 80s made their debuts. So, uh, Rosanna Arquette made her debut in 79. Oh, lovely. Um, in a film called More American Graffiti, which is presumably a sequel to the film American Graffiti. But Yes. Um, um, Ted Danson from Cheers made his debut in a film called The Onion Field. Um, Matt Dillon made his debut in a film called Over the Edge. 
Danny Glover um, made his debut in a film called Escape from Alcatraz with uh, Clint Eastwood. Um, Timothy Spall made his um, film debut in Quadrophenia. Um, oh, Timothy Spall was in Quadrophenia? <laughs> oh, I didn't know. That's quite interesting, actually. Isn't it? <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't know. That's so uh, See, I'm learning something today. Well, Ray Winston also made his debut in '79 in That Summer, um, which is a British drama film. Um, I, wasn't it? Wasn't he in Scum before, before that? I'm not sure if Scum isn't like 1980, but I guess it depends on when things um, get released. Or this website, yeah, or this website could just be wrong. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scum was sort of 79. Yeah, uh, but this, that summer apparently came out just before Scum. So um, it, it, Scum was the next film that was. He had three. He was in Quadrophenia as well, so that year he was in... Oh, I see. That year he was in That Summer, Scum and Quadrophenia, uh, in that order. Uh, but he was nominated for BAFTA for Best Newcomer in That Summer. So. Um, oh, wow. And um, Patrick Swayze also made his debut in 1979 in Skate Town, USA. It, uh, Good grief! I, did, I, did, I had no idea Patrick Swayze um, had started that early yeah. in his film. In his film career, Skate Town USA was an American comedy musical film produced to capitalise on the short-lived fan of roller disco. Oh, <laughs> uh, roller disco! I didn't think it was that short-lived. Actually, I remember we were still uh, roller discoing in the in the well into the eighties. Yeah. Um, let's just have a look and see. Um, what other so British films we needn't uh, linger long on some of these but uh, um, there's a, a film called Agatha with Dustin Hoffman and Vanessa Redgrave directed by Michael Aptid which um, who uh, very recently uh, died and that was all about um, the true story of well based on the true story of um, Agatha Christie's famous disappearance although I don't know how much well in the same way as Doctor Who invented what happened in in that disappearance um, in one of its episodes uh, it seems to be a fascination for a lot of dramas as to where she went Um, I'm I'm guessing they didn't uh, come up with the same conclusion uh, as Doctor Who did and a massive one no Um, oh no now uh, I know that you and I have seen this film Uh, 79 was also the year although um I think it was released in 78 in some territories. The Cat and the Canary with Honor Blackman and Michael Callan, um, which we recently uh, That's watched. right, yes, with, um, uh, oh, Beatrix yeah. Lemon in it, which, which surprised me. It was part, it, in some areas it was released in 78, but uh, uh, there's also a um, another yet another version of Dracula yes, uh, with Frank Langella um, and Lawrence Olivier and Donald Pleasance. Um, uh, that came out that year. Right. Uh, the the first great train robbery with Sean Connery, Donald Sutherland, and Leslie Ann Down. Oh wow! Uh, that's an interesting mix of people. Oh yeah. That's a Michael Crichton film. Um, what else? Some of these are just interesting because I don't know them, but the, uh, I, they're kind of like oh, that sounds curious. Um, so we've got 
uh, the lady vanishes. The Elliot oh Lord, yes, Shepherd. I've seen that. Yes, that's 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 quite a good version. There's and um, uh, what's his face is in that uh, from uh, Dad's Army, um, Arthur Lowe. Um, it's also the year of Monty Python's Life of Brian, which I, I know you've you've not seen. Um, uh, the plank, Eric Sykes and Arthur Lowe. Oh yes, yeah. That's, I think that's a. I feel like that's a short, like a. It's a, a silent short, movie. A 30, um, yeah, um, thirty minutes. Yes, but I think it was released as a. Was it released as a B picture or before? Well, I thought the plank. Uh, I think it was a re-release because the plank was originally nineteen sixty-seven. Oh uh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I uh, I remember watching it. Uh, we we've actually we actually got that uh, at the moment. Not not really my cup of tea, but uh, it's quite cleverly done. Yeah, I think looking at this, the seventy nine version was more of a TV. Oh version. oh yes, I think uh, they like of of the sixty seven version, but uh, yes, they 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 um, redid it, um, and I think Charles Hawtrey was in it as well. A very late appearance for Charles Hawtrey. 79 was also the year of, well, uh, the, the Quatermass Conclusion, but that was a TV show, but I, I believe it was edited into a film-length version. I don't know what, what I don't know um, what wide um, distribution it got. Uh, that's obviously with John Mills playing Quatermass. Uh, that's an interesting uh, choice to, uh, to re-edit it. Did it, did, did it? Yeah, yeah. Because um, it does, it does start off quite fast paced, but just sort of slow down in the middle a bit. Uh, but uh, it's not saying that there is an opportunity to sort of tighten up a bit into a, a film. Um, it's also seventy nine is also the year of Tark of the Otter, uh, um, and the world is full of. Married men. men. I remember seeing. I remember seeing the novel. I, you, we often talk about. Uh, uh, we often talk about paperback parade, don't we? I remember seeing the book of married. The world is full of married men, in uh, paperback parade. Years it was there. So. Um. Now, yeah, I think we mentioned ten. Yes, it's a Blake Edwards film with Julie Andrews, Dudley Moore, Bo right. Derek. Yes. Uh, and and 1941, which I don't think we ever I've heard this mentioned because it's a, a Steven Spielberg film, but it's described as a, a comedy. But I really, I think that underlines I really don't know what, what it's about. Uh, well, it's, um, well the, the war, um, where we I yeah, think it's I we've got the guy from uh, National Lampoon's Animal House, um, and mm. um, I think it's yeah I think it's a sort of comedy war thing. Um, I've got the synopsis of it is in that that book I mentioned sometimes the uh, films of the seventies which I've got um, so I've got a synopsis of it somewhere. I'm trying to think if nineteen forty one might be the year America joined the war or something that would that would make sense. It would. I'm sure. I'm... Yeah, of course in America there there are. Um, I didn't even know that this would be made into a film. I had to study um, Sylvia Plath. The the in poetry well in English at um, at school and one of the thing one of the the things she did that I got on best with was was her her book the Bell Jar which wasn't her poetry I found her prose more 
easy to. I think it possibly was quite, is quite a depressing book. Yeah. But I, I think I was so relieved that it wasn't her poetry that <laughs> uh, I um, that I got on with it quite well. In fact, I remember sitting reading it in a station on the district line when I was. I think I'd been in London and you'd been visiting Elaine, and uh, you were coming home, and I I, um, uh, I I arranged to sort of meet you. Um, on the way back, and, and I sat waiting in a, a, a tube station. That must have been a very long time ago. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, well, that's when I was at school. So um, I didn't even realise there was a film version of that. Uh, oh, I, I forgot. Uh, Seventy nine was also the year of Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. That's right. Um, yes, um, Michael Caine, Telly Not Savannah. as good as Poseidon Adventure, but I think it gets a slightly um, bum deal in that you know a, a lot of people. I think expected to be as good as the original. I, 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 I suppose I, it it brings something completely different to the table, um, and to be honest, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I think there's room in, I think there's a big wide world for both of them. So, yeah, I, yeah it's 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 all right. I, I like it. I think it's all right. It's also the year of the black hole, which I, I don't know whether. I think I have seen that, but not for a long time. Um, Black Hole is something I'd like to see again because I think I didn't see it when it came out uh, because I thought, ooh, um, maybe this isn't really for me. Um, But I actually um, thought... uh, I watched it Christmas 82 when they showed it on the telly. I didn't think it was too bad. Um, I, I, I think I'd be... I think I'd, I'd, I'd be up for a rewatch of it at some point. But I think it's like a bit like Space 1999 Series 1. It's, it's a very serious uh, uh, attempt to do, do sci-fi. And I, I don't know, I haven't, got a, I haven't got a problem with that, really. So there's a couple of films that I've not seen, but I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing. One, one is called Bloodline, directed by Terence Young, and that's got James Mason and Audrey Hepburn. Uh, it's, based, <laughs> yeah, it's based on a Sydney Sheldon novel, but uh, apparently it's one of the only R-rated films that Audrey Hepburn ever made. And also by '79, she wasn't making films that often. No, I mean, uh, also it's quite late, quite a late one for Terence Young because he he got Bond started. Um, you know that was that was really, um, you know, he was he was the man that really kind of got uh, so it going. The, it's a it's a thriller, but I I because I keep my eyes open for things like this, and I'd be interested in a late period Audrey Hepburn film. Um, I don't think it's one that's that easily get holdable. But, uh, uh, but the trouble is with these things, uh, with with films that aren't uh, readily available, you have to keep checking back because there was a film I really liked, which I kind of given up on, uh, and you know every three or four years. It, it, something triggers off a sort of oh i wonder if it's out and um yeah sometimes you go and you find oh it it, it, it is out now and it may, it may have been out for a couple of years but um, it, it uh, you have to keep going back and having a look um yeah this other film that i'd be quite interested in seeing maybe is called boardwalk um and it's got janet lee in um uh lee strasberg and ruth gordon who who um who who it was in Rosemary's Baby and Howard and Maud, um, who we talked about on one of our book club episodes. Uh, it just sounds like it's a, an American drama film, but again, I'm, I'm kind of interested in... Uh, uh, I like Ruth Gordon, so I'd, I'd 
be interested to see another film I've not seen um, yeah. from, and relatively late on for her um, I mean there literally are uh, so many films we could dip into but I think we probably oh uh, I said I said that and then I saw one that I definitely want to mention it's one of yeah. my favourites um, uh, Manhattan by Woody Allen oh came yes out in, in 79 uh, have you showed me of, that yeah it's one of his black and white ones isn't it with Diane Keaton and Meryl Streep yeah, I think um, 79 they were filming Empire Strikes Back but it wasn't released until the following year but, that's right yeah but I, I, that's good stuff
Yeah, I think we should ask Cuthbert to generate another year for us. Let's, uh, let's see. Cromarty. Yes, I should ask him. <laughs> I guess we could ask him ourselves, but uh, it's, it's nice to have you as part of the episode, Comedy. Uh, no, she, she was our personal slave, I thought you <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Paul. <laughs> uh, 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 Cuthbert, please generate another year. That would be my pleasure. We, we could just choose the years ourselves as well, but uh, uh, anyway. It would be less fun without me, Paul, and you know it. <laughs> please, Paul. Uh, shush now. Yes, okay, sorry. You are forgiven, Paul. Ki-ki-ki-ki-ki-ki. Okay, Cuthbert, please announce the next year. Okay, the next film year that you should discuss is 1965, exclamation. Okay, 1965. Oh, an earlier one. Ooh. Um, okay, 1965. I, I don't know that I... I've seen plenty of films made that year, but I, I couldn't name any without looking at the list, I don't think, but... Uh, uh, I could, I could try. Um, uh, there's one. I, I, th- I think it's sixty five. Uh, it's it's got to be one of David Warner's first ever, mm-hmm. and that's Morgan: A Suitable Case for Treatment, uh-huh. uh, which is basically um, David Warner as a young man who either thinks he's going mad or he's a bit eccentric or something, and. Um, I think it might be. He, it's Vanessa Redgrave, isn't it? His his love interest, and it's it's a nice madcap film. He dresses up as a gorilla, and you know, kind of not. It's much lighter than the usual thing you'd associate David Warner with, yeah. um, and it's a nice offbeat film. I, I've actually got it on my Amazon wish list at some point because it's 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 a good, uh, interesting, quirky sort of. Uh, it, it's got the sort of sixties experimental side. That it's it's interesting. Uh, Thunderball, of course, was the Bond of that year. Yeah. Um, and sixty on oh, Sound of Music. Yes. Uh, of course, uh, that's uh, that. I imagine uh, before you look at your list would be the biggest one of the biggest grossing yeah. films of that year. Um, just trying to think of anything else we've got that's uh, from sixty five. Um, I can tell you. Yeah, uh, some of the film debuts. Um, yes, Woody, Woody, Woody Allen made his debut with in what's uh, what's new pussy cat. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, Ed Asner, the Satan Bug. Um, oh yes, Sonny and Cher in Wild on the Beach. Uh, don't think I knew that they were making films, as well as making music. Um, Robert De Niro uh, made a couple of um, of, of sort of. Um, films including one called The Three Rooms in Manhattan a black and white French drama film filmed in New York based on a, um, a based on a novel by George Simeon who um, who I think was did he write Migraine Migraine uh, Migraine <laughs> Migraine uh, um, yes he wrote yeah he, uh, he, he wrote about Migraine also making their debuts in 65 were Michael Gambon with uh, and also Derek Jacobi in Othello um, George Lucas directed his first film Look at Life um, although it was, only, <laughs> it was only a one minute short student film so did, does that count I I wouldn't say that counted that is like if I, if you and I started making like big budget movies now 
um, and took it from that prison in the sun, or something. Yeah, yeah, would they do that? I don't know that they would. I don't think they really count until they're massive Tiger making. Um, well, you, you, you can't blame them for trying. Yeah. Um, Catherine Ross uh, in Shenandoah. She was. Um, uh, she she was in uh, Stepford Wives, and well, she's also in the Colbys that I'm watching at the moment as one of the main characters. Ah. But, um, I can tell you the top ten um, highest-grossing films in America. Um, you, you're right. Sound of Music was number one. Uh, Doctor Zhivago was number two. Oh yes, uh, Doctor Zhivago. Yeah. Uh, Thunderball was number three. Uh, those Magnificent Men and Their Flying Machines was number four. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Great Race was number five. Uh, that Darn Cat. Um, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and then number seven, Cat Baloo, which is... Uh, Cat Baloo. Jane, Jane Fonda, Lee Marvin. Yes, we've got Western that. Western comedy. Um, What's New Pussycat was number eight. Um, Shenandoah was number nine. And Von Ryan's Express was number ten. But uh, yeah, let's have a look more generally. So these are more British films. Um, there's a few here that I don't know about. But the Amorous Adventures of Mole Flanders. That's Terence Young. <laughs> that's Terence Young as well. I um, bet it is. He's a naughty boy. Yeah, Kim Novak and Richard Johnson. Um, that's uh, described as a comedy. Um, what else have we got? Bunny Lake is missing. Lawrence oh, Olivier, yes, Coward, we've Indian, seen that. Old I think I... Yeah. Yes. Didn't I bring that over or something? Oh. You did. Well, I'd seen it previously in about 1983. Yes. And uh, we watched it together. It's a very, very good film. And yeah. uh, directed by the, the feared Otto Preminger. Yes. Um, right. I, yes. I, <laughs> uh, Carry On Cowboy, was that year? Oh, yes, uh, with John Pertwee as uh, the, uh, the sheriff. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the Collector... With Terence Stamp, that's a psychological Ooh. thriller. Um, I, I, I think I've definitely got that. I'm trying to think who. I'm trying. That's based on a book by. Uh, trying to see, based on the collector by John Fowles. Yes, um, I do. I have. I think I'm pretty sure I have seen that one. Um, I do like a psychological thriller. Um, what, else, what else have we got? Um, Dr. Terry's House of Horrors that's an amicus one by Freddie Francis Christopher Lee Max Adrian Freddie Frog I thought (laughs) Max Adrian yeah he he was in he was in Who Max Adrian he was uh, in the um, the same year as well yes Doctor Who and the Daleks the first Dalek movie with Peter Cushing Um, oh yeah and The Face of Fu Manchu that's one of the Christopher Lee series Nigel Green um, what else? What else? Um, oh, the intelligence men, Eric Morecambe, Ernie Wise, oh, spy comedy. Oh yes, this is yeah. the this is sort of the era of spy comedies starting. Um, yes, and, and things like Man from I think when, that now, now they now they know that Bond was working, they kind yeah. of uh, inevitably when things work, they 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 sort of start taking the preferably out of them. Yeah, gets get Smart started around this time. And also, um, 65 is around the time that um, The Avengers became the show that a lot of people think of when they think of The Avengers. But, uh, or even when they think of the 60s. Yes, yeah. Oh, 65 is the year of The Ipcrest File. Uh, 
with Michael Caine, Nigel Green, Sue oh, Lloyd, yeah. um, the now it, the Ipcrest the Ipcrest file didn't make it into the top ten, but it is it, it did make it in. It did make it to number fifty nine in the list of uh, the top British films ever. So, um, <laughs> so that was by the British Film Institute. So, uh, uh, it, um, let me see. There's a film called License to Kill, but I, I don't remember. It is a it's a spy comedy yeah, thriller. Yeah, yeah. But it's not not the License to Kill. It's got Tom Adams, John Arnott, and Peter Bull. Uh, oh, good old John Arnott. Yes, it was re-edited or retitled as the second best secret agent in the whole wide world um, <laughs> with with a th- with a theme tune by Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a version of um, and then there were none called Tendril Indians with Shirley Eaton, Stanley Holloway and Wilfred Hyde White and also The Spy Who Came In From The Cold with Richard Burton. Oh, yeah, we we watched that recently. Uh I think that's almost all the sort of... Obviously, there are lots of other ones, but uh, ones that jump out. I know when I've watched films on Talking Pictures channel, um, the amount of films which, like from the 50s or early 60s, where you've got combinations of actors who you would never have thought would work together. I know. Um, it's like Carol, Carol Lindley and Beatrix Lemon then going back to the uh, Cat and the Canary. I mean, yeah, well, blimey. Where's that, where's that come from? Yeah. Um... Oh yeah, sixty-five. I'm surprised this hadn't come up in in the British list, but uh, sixty-five is the year of Help, the Beatles movie. Oh yes, uh, directed by Richard Lester. Um, to, yes, I'm surprised that wasn't on the other list. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a British film, not an American one. <laughs> Although I'm <laughs> sure it was shown in America, but I think that's probably that's probably it for uh, for 1965. I think quite a go-getting year. Yes, I think. Um, when Martin and I have talked about the music of the 60s, um, it's sort of 64, 65, when you can tell the decades heating up as far as songs. That, I mean, there are obviously a lot of songs in the early 60s that are, are famous, but they're not necessarily in the top ten of of That's songs right, yeah, for yeah. the 60s. It's, it's usually more songs from the mid to late 60s that are the, the ones that are, when people say the 60s, that they're thinking of, the, of those songs.
Anyway, I think we've got time for for one more year. Um, uh, Property, you really want to wake Cuthbert up, really? Oh, he's not asleep. Well, I no, I think he is asleep. <laughs> yes, that's, so yes. Snore, snore, <laughs> snore. <laughs> Apologies, Paul. I was just doing a quick reboot to upload further film knowledge. That's all right, Cuthbert. No, you're allowed to sleep. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, please choose one last year for us. Thank you. It will be a pleasure, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> What a fine impersonation of me. Hee <laughs> Okay, now I am ready to begin. Okay. Okay, the year. The next film year that you should discuss is 1990 exclamation. 1990. Oh! So, um, 1990. Do you remember anything particular that you went to see in 1990? I don't think I went to see anything in 1990. Not because there was it wasn't worth it. I it was just I was just so massively busy. I, I when I did the Life After book, I was kind of researching my my old diaries at 89, 90. Uh, massively busy, um, and I don't think also I I don't like going to the, I I wasn't one of those people who enjoyed going to the cinema on my own. You know, I'd always want to go with somebody, and um, although I can remember. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a couple of years where I just didn't. I don't think I went to see anything. Um, but no, I, I, just off the top of my head, though, I know that I, it was was it Ghost came out that year. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, that was that's that's one that immediately springs to mind. The nineteen ninety was one of those years where I was starting to go to the cinema by myself by this point. Yeah, um, a pretty pretty woman, I think that year. Yeah. Not a film I like, but uh, it, that that obviously mega big. Um, and two stars I'm not very interested in, but um, I didn't realise that Pretty Woman was a Disney film, not 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 Disney in the way we think of Disney. I was going to say it's a, bit, it's a wee bit a wee bit saucy for Disney. Uh, uh, I mean, you, 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 I think Mickey Mouse would have had to have left the cinema. Um, yes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. with certain, certainly with, with certain connotations. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, ninety. Um, let him have it. Oh no, that was ninety one. Was it? Let, let him have it. Ninety one uh, with uh, Christopher Eccleston and Paul Reynolds, who used to be in Press Gang. Uh, the true story of Hang Ratty, I think, wasn't it? Or am I getting my murderers mixed up? I'm not sure. Um, uh, I, I, I've seen bits of it, but I can't remember. That was ninety or ninety one. But uh, that was that was a memorable British film that year. I've got some. All the year after. I've got some <laughs> debuts or film debuts. Because some yeah. of these people had definitely done TV before 1990, but uh, um, you've got um, Hank Azaria, who is known for doing a lot of the major voices on The Simpsons, uh, but is also an, an actor in his own right, as far as uh, being on camera as well. Uh, he was in Pretty Woman. Um, you've also got Robert Carlyle, Robert Carlyle in The Silent Screen. Um, that's about a convicted murderer Harry Connick Jr Memphis Bell um, I remember that being sort of about s- servicemen and, and sort of planes I think but, uh, uh, Russell Crowe um, Van Diesel uh, Lisa Kudrow from Friends she was in a film called Impulse about a thriller about a female police officer um, who else uh, Julianne Moore Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Guy Pearce of Neighbours fame made his first 
movie that year, Heaven Tonight. Uh, Christina Ricci, Ricci um, was in Mermaids that year. Um, and Catherine Zeta-Jones, um, it, she was in a film called uh, Lay a thousand and one nights that's a, a one thousand and one nights i think but it was was that actually that's interesting was that um because she, she did darling buds she would have recorded darling buds and made that year um uh, that's interesting because i always thought darling buds and made was that absolute debut yeah uh, that's yeah, interesting it's a french italian fantasy film um but it uh yeah i don't know quite what order it, it uh, doesn't even say what month of the year it came out in um, how intriguing it says um, they were making it in it says it was being filmed in April 1989 the lead actress Kat, Catherine Zeta-Jones was performing in the West End Theatre when she was spotted by the director who offered the who offered the film role <laughs> spotted by the oh you you should be working what, what are you doing in the West End <laughs> um, it sounds like if anything it, it she was doing stage work but he might have got there before she did uh, uh, well it sounds like it doesn't yeah. it oh uh, well he didn't know that um, so yes I'll read you the top ten films although I say this is the American top ten but I imagine most of these films did very well in the UK as well and other territories. So the number one film of 1990 was Ghost, um, followed by Home Alone, then Pretty Woman, Dances with Wolves, Total Recall, Oh yes. uh, Back to the Future Part 3, uh, Die Hard 2, Presumed Innocent, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and um, Kindergarten Cop. Those uh, were the top yeah. ten. Um, yeah, Dances with Wolves was Kevin Costner film. Um, no, sorry, I, 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 it's these very high-profile films. I actually kind of dare I say um, slip my yeah. I mean, my consciousness of those ten <laughs> films. I, I think I, I, I saw Ghost yeah. probably because of Whoopi Goldberg more than anything else. Um, I may have seen Total Recall, but it doesn't really stick with me. I, 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 I <laughs> was that an intentional comment? <laughs> no, uh, that was a genuine comment. Um, back to the Future Part Three. I don't know if I ever got that far. Um, I, I just, I, I, I have an aversion to overcooked franchises, yeah. um, and I, I, yeah, um, I, I just think Back to the Future really, really good film, but I, I just didn't, I wasn't interested in the, uh, um, the, the all the all the various. Um, uh, others. I, thought, I mean, even in 1990, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wasn't was wasn't really a, aimed at. Well, I don't think it was aimed at a 17 year old, but. Uh, um, no. But, um, uh, and a Kindergarten Cop was a um, Arnold Schwarzenegger film, but I wasn't particularly interested in him. And um, no, I mean, Die Hard too. I I quite liked. Um, I, I don't know if I've seen that. If I saw that one, it might have been whilst I, uh, after a few beers at university, fell asleep halfway through type film. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, I like, I quite liked, um, I've forgotten his name, it doesn't say who he is. Uh, Bruce Willis. Um, I quite like Bruce Willis in Moonlighting, although I never uh, really watched that, that much in Moonlighting until it was almost finished. But, uh, 
Well, this is always one of those those actors I've I've always kind of think of as someone who's kind of um, attituded their way through their career, and I, I I've never felt that's actually good enough. I can, <laughs> I, you know, it's a, a sort of playing character these these sort of characters in some case quite murderous characters of attitude i just don't no i don't want to watch it i don't want to watch this character um so let's see about some other films um i feel like this was a bit of a flop chicago joe and the showgirl a british british crime drama oh uh, was that uh, with emily lloyd. yeah uh lloyd yeah, I feel yes like that was a bit of a flop um, and, and, but i may be wrong uh doesn't say whether it had Patsy Kenzie uh, in as well. Yeah, um, yeah. actually, I, I I liked Emily Lloyd, but it, it, she's one of those people that um, you you kind of uh, it, I don't know quite what went wrong for her because you know you, you you would by rights expect her to still be around I, and and working. I actually right. have her autobiography because I saw her in. Wish you were here. She apparently. Apparently, she would have been in Husbands and Wives, the Woody Allen film, 1992. But yeah. uh, um, I don't she was supposed to be in Tank Girl, so I think her, her I know her, she she has a lot of health problems that uh, uh, she was also going to be in Pretty Woman and Mermaid. So was she going to be pretty as I Pretty guess, Woman? I guess as so, the Pretty yeah. Woman. In which case, it would I, it would have been actually worth watching because she's a much better actress than Julia Roberts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's that's what a shame. Uh, I, I, mind you, I, I still you'd still have to wade your way through Richard Gere. Um, <laughs> I saw, which we were here quite recently, and bought her um, autobiography, mm. so I'll get to that at some point. Yeah, um, I, I, I so I think she's a better actress than her dad. Mm. Um, I've, I, I, I rated her quite highly, and I, I liked some of the things she put her name to. Um, but I, I just you don't. I, it was she was saying health problems. Well, I think mental health problems. Yeah. Um, Poor girl. Because uh, she's about my age, a bit younger than me. Yeah, nineteen seventy. Seventy years, a couple of years younger than me, and I know she. She. she I. It's interesting. Very interesting to hear what she's been offered or. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, the weird, the weird thing is that's over quite a long period of years. If she was having health problems, I'm surprised that she was still being offered things. But uh, as a high profile oh, yeah. as that, even though she hadn't done anything for a long time. Um, but I'm mean, sure when I read the book, I'm sure it will be put into place a bit more. Um, yeah, I, I certainly, I, I, I like her. Uh, the, the, the 1990. Now, I thought that truly, madly, deeply. That was, that was um, made for the BBC's screen too but maybe it was maybe it, it was, was sent to the cinema in some countries I'm not sure um, or maybe this list is being a bit um, uh, yeah, sort of open with the description of movies <laughs> I guess it's a TV, TV uh. movie um, uh, Memphis Bell we had, had mentioned I didn't realise that was that's a British American war drama um, and Nuns on the Run, Eric Idle and Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> I, I feel like I've seen... I don't know if I've seen that all the way through, but I feel like I've seen some of that. I don't think I saw it at the cinema, but... Uh, um. Yeah, I've, I've, it's, it's one of those films where, despite the good people involved, you think, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so this isn't particularly inspiring. Let's, uh, let's see if there's anything else on this list. I wonder if 91 was my... I, I maybe went to the cinema a few times, but I think 
maybe 91 into 92 I was going a bit more things like Dead Poet Society I think that maybe that although Dead, Dead Poet yeah. Society maybe that was that was I thought that was 89 oh I don't know um, now Arachnophobia that came out I think I definitely saw that in the cinema that's with Jeff Daniels John Goodman um, Awakenings Robert De Niro Robin Williams it's kind of one I've never seen but uh, um, sort of read a lot about now this there's a list here that says that's slightly different from the other one it has a couple of different films that are sort of on the lower rungs of, of being highest grossing it says the hunt, the hunt for Red October which is Sean Connery oh, and yes, Alec Baldwin Sean, Sean Connery that, uh, on this list it says that was number 9 and it says that Dick Tracy with Warren Beatty and Madonna was number 10 oh Yes, if you like hanky panky, hanky panky. I'm not quite sure where they got their <laughs> figures from because uh, that's sort of slightly different from the other list we saw. But um, <laughs> Bonfire of the Vanities I, by Brian De Palma um, that had a big cast. Oh, I, yeah. I have a feeling that that was a bit of a flop. That had Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, Melanie Griffith, Morgan Freeman, Kim Cattrall, um, but it uh, won five Razzle nominations, which I think means it was a dud but uh, yeah I feel like it, it, it wasn't uh, a big success um, what else have we got Cry Baby John Waters Johnny Depp um, Ricky Lake Iggy Pop musical comedy I've seen a few John Waters films so I'm, I can't remember if I've seen Cry Baby but uh, um, to, yeah I mean this list is very Looking at this, you, you, you know, where are the, where are the little, the, the small films? It's all really major, major yeah, films. Yeah, it's all mega. Um, yeah. That's the thing. I I think, um, me and to a certain degree yourself, we we've got an aversion to hype and big movies. We like we like the sort of more obscure stuff. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. Um, 1990 was also the year of The Exorcist 3, which I've seen The Exorcist 2. I'm not sure I've seen 3. Um, and... Oh, I thought it was... Flatliners. Julia Roberts, Keith Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, William Baldwin. I, I have seen have seen that. Uh, although the notes by the side of it says that this is a, a remake of a 2017 film. How could a 1990 film be a remake of a film that isn't uh, made for another uh, thing? Uh. Uh. <laughs> so if you can do it. <laughs> so, so, something, something of a Something's paradox. Something time-travelling. Um, apparently, Edward Scissorhands was 1990. Johnny Depp, Winona Ryder, uh, Vincent Price. I've definitely seen that, although I didn't see... I didn't realise that was... That was Vincent Price's last film. Uh, but I, th- I I suspected it probably was. Yeah. Is he um, just doing a voiceover? I don't. Or is he actually in it? Okay. No, I think he. Be- <coughs> I, I don't think he's he's in it loads, yeah. but he. I, I think it's. Uh, he's he's definitely he plays. Uh, doesn't he play Edward Scissorhands' creator? Oh, Oh. Or I, I think he's he, he's a key part, but I don't think he's probably in it all that long. Yeah. Um, the God, the Godfather Part Three came out in nineteen ninety. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen any of the Godfather films. I know they're they're one of the no, one of those ones that you're meant, meant to have watched, but uh, before you yeah. die. Well, I watch it just before I die, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe as I'm dying or well, afterwards. Uh, my last request is I want to see the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I ah, Gremlins 2, the new batch. I think I saw that at the cinema. That's the sort of one I might have even gone to see with the school. But uh, um, I remember, I, I remember um, this being quite big. Um, Green Card, um, a film with Andy oh. McDowell and Joe Depardieu, um, directed by Peter Weir. Um, Is that about football? No, I think it's about somebody needing a green card to stay in the country. Uh, and um, I can't remember which round it is. Oh, it's it's um, an American woman who enters into a marriage of convenience with a French man. Um, so that uh, I've lost the sentence there. Who enters into, so that he can <laughs> so that he can remain in the the United States. But uh, I, I do remember that being the sort of first thing, I, the first time I ever heard of Joe Depardieu. But um, I don't think I've ever seen it. But uh, um, Jacob's Ladder, Tim Robbins. I remember that being. I don't know if you describe that as a horror film. It's a psychological horror film. I, I remember. I remember uh, the, the the poster of that is sort of uh, of, of a sort of frightened-looking man's face, which is quite a famous image if you if you see it. Uh, I I feel like I saw that at university. I think it was one of those films that was quite popular with students and sort of being quite controversial and uh, um, oh well that's this, that's funny um, I feel like this was uh, maybe another another flop um, Joe versus the Volcano Tom Hanks Meg Ryan oh, yeah. Lloyd Bridges um, in, in which case Tom Hanks was in a couple of films this year which were kind of uh, um, considered to be uh, uh, flops but I, I don't know Apparently, it's become a it's become a cult film since uh, Killer Tomatoes Strike Back. So that's. I sounds like something that we we would have worked yeah, on something. Park. Attack of the Attack of the uh, it's the third in the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes series. Didn't realise there were more than one. There are more than Killer yeah. more Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, the Return of them, and then you would live there. There's one. There's one after it from '91 called Killer Tomatoes Eat France. These sound like very serious films. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very intellectual. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, well, I think I think that's pretty much all that 1919 has to offer that is of interest to us, um, even if it's slightly uh, uncertain interest. But uh, there was a version of Lord of the Flies made that year. I wonder if that's the version I saw at school, or whether that's a, a, another another version. I, I feel like there was a. I feel like there was a, an older black and white version that was around when there was. Yeah. Yes, there's no, there's one from that, that was made in 1963. Yeah. I feel like that, yeah, that's probably that. Uh, which we stu- we because we studied yeah, it that's at school. On, uh, we studied it too. Um, yeah. um, because William Golding was a a, a teacher at um, uh, my uh, bishops, uh, bishop, yeah. Uh, bishops, yeah. So, so uh, and I think I was taught by somebody who was in one of his classes and used to tell me that he was part of the class of kids that William Golding used for, but then I don't know whether that was him I don't know if that was honest I don't know if him being honest well, the, one, was, the ones that were based on the yeah. savages <laughs> yeah so whether whether that's true or whether that was just something nice that he idea. liked to tell people because how could you prove otherwise I'm not sure yeah all of William Golding and that teacher are now long since gone so I'll never find out for sure yeah but uh, <laughs> oh it's quite a nice idea though isn't this it this is uh, this is uh, before we go. This is another one that I, I would rate from nineteen ninety. Um, 
Misery, uh, uh, based on the Stephen King novel with Kathy Bates and James Kahn, um, that, that came up on a recent uh, on another episode of the podcast recently. Um, one of the more Ooh. successful Stephen King um, adaptions um, about a obsessive uh, an obsessive fan, and, and actually uh, we spoofed that on Sutton Park. Um, years ago, where where I was held hostage, well, my character was held hostage by a strange policeman, um, and I think I'm pretty much sure that that was us, uh, us trying to spoof misery. But, uh, yeah. um, oh, postcards of postcards from the edge, Mike Nichols, ah. uh, Mel Streep. That's based on a novel by Carrie Fisher. I, I have, I think I've watched. I think I've I've seen, I've seen it. it. I think yes, I've read the book uh, as well. But. I, I, I used to go out with somebody who, who showed me yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we watched the film as well. Um, Psycho, Psycho <laughs> 4 came out that year, which is the last of the Psycho series. Anthony Perkins is still in it. Olivia Hussey's in it. Um, and um, I Pump Up the Volume, Christian Slater. I, I feel like that was another one that got bandied around, mentioned a lot at university. Rocky Five. I didn't even realise they went up, up that far. <laughs> um, Sylvester Stallone. Um, it, it got seven Razzle nominations. Obviously, not regarded particularly well. Uh, well, you know, they, it, it, you're milking it now, aren't you? It, it's it's <laughs> if you're doing that many, it's it's not a good yeah. idea. Um, Texasville, Sybil Shepherd, Jeff Bridges. Um, it's a one I sort of. Recognise the title of, but I don't think I've ever seen. Um, there's a version of Treasure Island with Christian Bale and Charlton Heston, but I think that was made for TV. Uh, that was after he was in the Colbys as well. He's <laughs> uh, quite good in the Colbys, actually. Charlton Heston. He works quite. I know, he works I quite remember. well as as, yeah. as as that sort of patriarchal character, uh, and, and and even though. You know, politically, he was a bit too fond of, fond of guns and all that sort of thing in real life. Um, I, I, I tried to disapprove of him, but I, I, I found myself enjoying his performances. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a guilty pleasure. Yes. I think I went and saw this one, Young Guns 2. I think that was a sort of um, that was a sequel to well, Young Guns, and it was a I think it was a spoof western. <laughs> Emilio Estevez, Keith Sutherland. Lou Diamond Phillips, oh, right. Christian Slater. I was a bit of a fan of Christian Slater for a while. I, I ended up seeing quite a lot of his films. Seeing quite a lot of him, I thought. <laughs> well, depending on, well, depending on what films. Anyway, well, I think that's about what we've got time for. Uh, thank you, Cuthbert. Thank you, Cromarty. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. My pleasure, Paul. My pleasure, exclamation. And uh, maybe we'll do another one of these episodes sometime soon. But anyway, um, thank you, Nick, for... Um, My it's, pleasure. It's a, it's a bit of a, a, a mixed a mixed lot of years. I think um, out of those, 79 was probably my, my, my favourite. Well, yeah, I... I, I, um, I, I, I Fred, I wasn't much help with 90, because, um, as I say, in busy old year, I, I was familiar with all the the um, ones you mentioned but um, I think it's I was aware of the pop culture at the time but uh, I wasn't really involved in yeah, it yeah I mean some of these things you end up knowing the music better than the, like Pretty Woman had 
that song um, um, by Roxette, It Must Have Been Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, that was recycled by Roxette, or somebody asked them to change some words. To a, It had been a hit in Sweden, I think, with a slight... I think it was actually a Christmas song. It, it was more Christmas-themed. I, I think, actually, there wasn't much mention of Christmas, but there were some lyrics about being alone at Christmas and things. I think it was... Um, I'm not quite sure which year they released it, 88 or 89, as a, as a Christmas single. And uh, so it just got reworked for Pretty Woman soundtrack. Yeah. And then it ended up being one of their biggest hits. I would say I, I would say uh, the uh, soundtrack Pretty Woman is probably the best thing about it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, right, well... Um, Thank you for listening, listeners, and thank you for being here, everyone, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. was voted the best British film ever by 1,000 industry professionals, academics, and critics in a British Film Institute poll conducted in 1999. Lawrence of Arabia, 1962, was voted the best British film of all time in August 2004 by over 200 respondents in a Sunday Telegraph poll of Britain's leading filmmakers. The Italian Job, 1969, was voted the best British film in a poll of film fans conducted by Sky Movies HD in 2011 when it received 15% of votes. It also topped a 2017 survey by View Entertainment. Get Carter, 1971, was voted the best British film ever in a 2003 poll by Hot Dog Magazine. It also topped the 2004 poll of 25 film critics conducted by Total Film. Don't Look Now, 1973, was named the best British film in a poll of 150 film industry experts conducted by Time Out London in 2011. Monty Python and the Holy Grail, 1975, was voted the best British picture of all time by 7,000 film fans in a 2004 poll by the UK Arm of Amazon and Internet Movie Database. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. 
Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh, dear. <laughs> What's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Gone with the Wind, 1939, was voted the favorite film of Americans in a poll of 2,279 adults undertaken by Harris Interactive in 2008, and again in a follow-up poll of 2,276 adults in 2014. It was also voted the best American film of all time by 35,000 members of the American Film Institute in 1977. It was picked in 2011 as the best film for best in film. The Greatest Movies of Our Time, an online poll in which over 500,000 votes were cast. Voters chose from a list of 10 English-language films selected by film industry experts. Citizen Kane, 1941, was selected as the greatest American film in 2015 by 62 international film critics surveyed by the BBC. It was also ranked top in every sight and sound critics poll between 1962 and 2002, and the director's poll in 1992 and 2002. The American Film Institute polled 1,500 film community leaders for the list's 100 years. 100 movies and the 10th anniversary edition in 1998 and 2007 respectively, asking voters to choose from a list of 400 nominations. Both polls identified Citizen Kane as the best American film ever. It was voted the best American film of all time with 156 votes in a 1977 poll of 203 experts from 22 countries, 116 Americans, and 87 non-Americans. The poll was organized by the Royal Belgian Film Archive and titled The Most Important and Misappreciated American Films, and they were looking for subjective choices. Casablanca, 1942, was voted the greatest American film by readers of the Los Angeles Dale News in 1997. Vertigo, 1958, topped the sight and sound critics poll in 2012 with 191 votes. The Godfather, 1972, was selected as the greatest film by 2,120 industry professionals in a Hollywood survey undertaken by The Hollywood Reporter in 2014. Shy. No. <laughs> I've met him. I've had fun 
Four hundred and forty-one. 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 Four hundred and forty-one.